I'm Mel Stewart, and this is the Swim Swam Podcast. Joining me today is somebody I've wanted to talk to forever since I got an email back in 2015 from this 2020 Olympic silver medalist. Today, we're talking to Erica Sullivan from a city that I consider the greatest on earth, Austin, Texas. How you doing? I love Texas just as much. It is the greatest city on earth. I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. town this is a fun town I didn't realize how much I'd love it um I was kind of nervous just going from like Vegas to coming to Texas I was really scared but I love Austin it truly is the greatest city in the world and you have a little bit of everything here well I've never interviewed you so let's go back to the beginning the, the genesis 2015 you email swim swam and it comes to me it comes to Braden our editor-in-chief, and it's just a video from, from your club team. Did you capture that video? I did. It was my June national vlog, was it not? Yeah, it was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. I uh, um, bought that camera myself. It was $100, uh, Canon little held, handheld point-and-shoot, and I edited it using iMovie. And um, I've always had a knack for um, movie making and stuff like that. So that was the start of it all. Didn't really pick up as I had to focus on swimming a little bit more and I couldn't just record everyone during swim meets, but, um, it was, it was fun to do when I was younger. That's how it all starts. We're going to get into the entertainment aspirations in, in a minute. Let's swim nerd it up first. You know, I, I'm, I follow your account. If, if you guys are listening right now, press pause and jump over and, and, and follow her on IG erica.sully erica.sully look for the blue check mark get the follow um you're gonna like her account it's awesome <laughs> the uh you know i i, I basically I, I saw from your post that you had you know you had some shoulder challenges and i was like ah oh. but and, and i don't want to like make light of it but it's like it's it's a swimming thing but it's like if you were ever gonna have a situation where you had to rehabilitate your shoulder <laughs> it's the post-olympic year after you picked up some hardware where are you at with that? Yeah, um, I'm pretty much fully healed now, back in the weight room, back doing yardage. It's more so just the stage where I didn't really train for two and a half months. So, and as someone who does a lot of heavy yardage and a lot of endurance-based stuff, I think it's just building my aerobic base back and uh, being able to last a mile. So I was in Mission Viejo um, for the Pro Series last weekend super happy with my two free, but, um, past the two free, a lot of my distance events have a long way to go. So it's mm. honestly just, you still picked up gold and silver. You picked up a gold in the 1500 silver in the 800. I mean, you got, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give it the respect it deserves. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'll give it the respect. I just hold myself to a really high standard, I think. So, um, I just, I'm aware that my splits need to be uh, a lot more sharp and I feel like with training, um, I'll definitely get there soon. Um, so how was your 200 free in the end? I saw your 1500 and your 800, but I didn't see the 200. Yeah, it was B final, um, ended up going 202 at night. Um, just not necessarily like at the time I particularly wanted, but the way I swam that race, I was really happy with, um, my legs were able to hold the whole 200, which makes me excited. 
and in your see so you got gold and silver in the 1500 1800 excuse me uh 800 and 1500 what's um you know what is it is it just you need you need more lungs you need more base to really feel like you can get your arms around those races uh just like more my my comfort speed has to be faster um my splits were 33 mid um at the meet whereas in tokyo i was going around 31 lows so just gotta just gotta pick up some speed is honestly the big thing and be able to hold it those are the big two well it's you're you're with carol and uh you're, you're coming out of, you're coming out of a, a powerhouse club team how would you compare the two cultures like what, what's been what's been the shift from from that period of time to now the carol capitani training yeah culture shift um i would just have to say um, and I think this is just being a part of a collegiate team is the emphasis on team culture. Uh, Texas does a really good job with team culture. Uh, the group that we took to NC2As last year was one for the books. Um, that'll be a core memory for me. Um, yeah, just being with kids who are closer in age and um, having drive, not just in the pool, but also out of the pool with uh, school and stuff like that is very motivating um i feel like with uh my club team there's a lot of emphasis on swimming and that was everything which is um very respectable but um not much attention geared towards school and education so um the fact that you know the last year i kind of had to learn how to do school again after not doing it for three years definitely threw me for a loop but uh i've been loving it yeah, that's right. Because you were you committed to USC, and then you 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 decommitted, and you and you committed to University of Texas. How many years do you have left? Just you know, of uh, collegiate eligibility. Yeah, so they gave me three total, so I have two left. Nice. We just wait. Just a confirmation. We, you're going to be in the mix. We got you. Um, every time I, I go to uh, any meets, I always you know I always I always have a conversation with Carol. It seems like she's and and also what I'm hearing from you. It just seems like she's a good human being. It seems like she values the character of her athletes over not necessarily just what they can do in the water. Is that, is that a fair statement? Oh yeah. She's, she's all gung ho about team culture. Um, and just the kind of person you are and, um, the energy that you bring to the pool deck and Carol is so caring and understanding, um, with her athletes, including myself and knows when they need to be pushed, which is, a very rare combination to have in coaches nowadays. And um, yeah, I love her a lot. She's, she's the best. The, uh, so I was, I was diving into your account and IG, which is what you do before podcast, but I, I, I pulled up something that it was, it was, uh, it, it was, it was a statement. I think it was a P and G statement. And uh, I really liked it. It just, you know, it, it hit me, kind of hit me in the chest and um I just loved what you said and I shared it. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Probably not. I, that I, was, I, a, that was a month up. of a lot of motivational statements. I'll, 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 I'm going to tee it up. You're, you know, you're part of the LBGTQI plus community. And you, you know, it was just, it was a, a statement. You're like, Hey, um, some athletes come out and there's this idea that they come out and that their careers don't go well. And I think, you know, basically you called BS on that. And, um, I just like the authenticity with the way you delivered it. And, uh, and you don't even remember. <laughs> I just, I just speak my truth to whatever comes to me in the moment comes to me. I definitely don't 
go into those things same with like the Tokyo press conference like with pre-forethought about what I want to say I just kind of go in there and whatever I'm feeling I I say you know you're not the first that that you're not the first athlete elite swimmer that's that's out and and is in in history but it's it feels like you're the the most powerful and positive ambassador um is it do you feel that do you feel weight on your shoulders is it something that you that it's just like hey this is organic this is just me yeah i don't particularly feel weight on my shoulders but it's definitely something that i feel should be um brought to people's attention just because when i was coming out i knew that i wasn't the first one out but you know when you back in the day when i thought like queer swimmers who comes to mind at least for Americans, no one was coming to mind, not immediately, at least like the more educated I got on it, I was able to find a couple people, but a lot of them came out after their careers were over or, you know, when they weren't as relevant anymore, so to speak. So it was just, it was just really hard to identify with someone. And I think, you know, when I was given the opportunity to be put on, you know, the highest stage that you can be um, at this in the sport of swimming, I decided to, you know, be that person for um, anyone who follows behind me. It's um, I'm I'm a little bit older than you are, and uh, I'm I'm so I was on the team in '88 and '92, and uh, it was a very different culture. Yeah, <laughs> very different culture. Um, I, I I think there was, I don't want to call people out, but I'll call them out. It, it, there was there were there was bullying. It was um. Let's just say that the, the the shift has been has been dramatic, and it's uh, and and it's something that I've seen, but it it feels it just feels the most it it feels like everything came of age in the last four years, and um and I laid that at your feet, I, and I like that. Thank you, thank you. That means a lot. Um, yeah, I'm sure bullying definitely still goes on within the U.S. and in the sport of swimming, but um, if I see it, I just have the mentality of. If boys want to be mean, it's probably because I pull more girls than they do. It's Pride Month. Yep. Uh, we had this. We had this conversation off camera. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And I loved your answer, so I want to hear it here. What am I doing for Pride Month? Well, I'm not a big parade kind of gal. It's super hot in Austin. Uh, if anyone lives here, you know that we're hitting triple digits with humidity. Uh, I hate sitting in my car after practice so much to the point. And so I'm just going to be a low key gay person, just try to raise some money for charities of my choice and um, out youth, Texas. The link is in my bio, my Instagram. Um, We're trying to raise, we already raised, we passed our goal of raising a thousand dollars, but we're trying to get, you know, anything we can at this point. And I'm just hanging out with my girlfriend. That's pretty much all I'm doing. Uh, What's the link one more time? Uh, it's for out youth. It's in my bio on my Instagram for GoFundMe, and um, we've raised thirteen hundred dollars so far. But we're trying to get a little bit more. Okay, we're going to drop that in the show notes so you guys can go in and support when we go live. It's um, I t- you know, this is what I really want to talk about. It's uh, I, I know that uh, we we talked about it before. I wasn't sure, but it's um, is it fair to say you're in film school? I am in film school, uh, UT Austin. I am in. College of Moody, and I'm a radio, television, film major. And when did you make that decision? Like, is this something that you've, I mean, did you, when you emailed me back in 2015, you're like, oh, I'm, I'm going into film. It's been years. 
it has been years. Um, the main reason I picked USC when I was 16 was because of film school. Um, that had a big part to do with it. Um, I don't know why I've always been drawn to it. I just knew that that's the industry that I wanted to work in. Um, I feel like at 15, though, I didn't particularly know what I wanted to do. I just I didn't know whether it was like television, film, post-production, pre-production. I was just kind of learning as much as I could about it. But um, I pretty much knew what I wanted to do by my senior year of high school after watching Lady Bird for the first time. So um, since then, I've been all gung-ho about screenplay writing and directing um, coming-of-age movies. Coming up, just out of curiosity, have you seen the indie In Between Girl? I have not. You need to see In Between Girl. It, it won the, did it win? It won the Austin Film Festival, uh, UT grad, was a writer director um and it is it's it was a new york times critic pick it's uh it just came out it's on prime now and in between is one word okay. but uh it's great in turn and it's a coming of age movie i'll definitely check it out i but, love female-centric uh coming of age films i feel like no matter what i i can leave that movie feeling like seen and heard and thoroughly enjoy watching it's it just it feels like this is a the the you need to know this writer director and I'm and their her name escapes me but she is talented it's uh so I'm 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 gonna I'll, I'll send you some details when this is over sounds good but uh, so what is is there do you, do you so coming of age do you are you developing any are you developing anything do you write it's uh, yeah, it's mostly writing right now. Um, I made a short film uh, when COVID was going on to apply to RTF here at UT. And um, that was around a five minute short film, pretty simple. But um, yeah, no, since then, I during peak COVID, I wrote a entire movie. Um, it's just sitting in my my docs right now. I kind of don't want to release it anywhere or put it in a black box until I have uh, enough connections to see what I really want to do with it because that's a movie that I kind of want to have the rights to direct. So um, I'm holding it and I'm keeping it to myself right now. But um, a lot of writing. I write a lot of screenplays, yeah. I felt that writing is so close to swimming because you are alone with your craft. You've got to stay focused. You're a swimmer, your head's underwater. You've got to stay focused. The good, the difference between good and great is your ability to stay present with what you're doing. And um, is that your experience? Yeah, honestly, I think writing might be harder than swimming. Um, writing, like at least swimming, you have some sort of awareness that you're getting better as you're training. Like in a week, your 200 times are a little faster or it's easier to get across the pool. But I feel like with writing, you're just like, it's just page after page after page. And you do not see an end until you, and it takes a solid couple months to be able to write out an entire movie. So by the time I finished writing it, I did not want to look at it for a few months. I did not want to think about it. And in that sense, I think it's definitely harder than swim. It definitely takes, it's a lot of discipline because you can't, yeah, you're not moving. But if you get inside your head, you're going to be there. And you have no idea how it's going to do. Like I've written whole scripts of 30 minute short films around 30, 50 pages. And I read it and 
it just doesn't deliver the emotion that I want to deliver. And it's like, oh, gotta scrap that one. There goes weeks of writing, you know. I love that you're in this. I love this. So here's the the dumb question that most people want to ask is uh, when it, I know Matthew McConaughey's on staff. So just have you had him lecture any classes? No lecturing any classes yet. I'm still in like generic uh, film classes. I was in a media and society class last semester and intro to world cinema. But um, I want to say my second half of sophomore year, I'll start to go a little more specific into production classes. Um, if I do ever get a chance to get lectured by McConaughey, though, I definitely have some things to say to him. That's a that's a class. I feel like with radio, television, film, you're in a class. So that's a such a common major here. You go into a class with around 200 people and you kind of got to do your thing to stand out, especially with McConaughey. I feel like it's very cutthroat for his attention. So that would be one of the classes where I walk in with the silver medal around my neck and go up front and introduce myself, try to try to get a little bit of an advantage there. Yeah. You know, I mean, you have to respect the guy. It's a, uh, he was stuck for so long in, in rom-coms and, uh, it Dallas buyers club didn't, wasn't, it wasn't like that just happened. He had to, he had to do three or four short three, three or four indie films before, before he'd sink his teeth into that. But Dallas buyers club broke it. It was a great movie. Him and Jared Leto really, really did amazing things. That movie. Yeah, no, it was awesome. The uh, so how long before you graduate? So I'm set to graduate in 2025, but I'll be done swimming by 2024. Yeah, so you're so you're gonna have, you'll have time to dig in. I will, and I'm gonna take my uh, fourth year to take my semester abroad in LA and try to really build some connections. That's interesting that you bring that up because you know my understanding is that Netflix two and HBO Max two is going to be headquartered here in Austin, and it feels like a lot of the industry is moving to this town. Are you hearing that in class? Um, I feel like that's not really pursued yet. It's more so the narrative of you know be creative, your work will get picked up, sort of thing. But um a lot of a lot of cinema is moving to Austin and especially with South by Southwest it's just it's getting bigger each and every year um the only downfall is that um meanwhile production companies are moving to Austin a lot of the money in pre-production is still all in LA so you know for writers that's probably the move it's uh, so I'm I'm in Southwest Austin and I'm two so two thoughts and I and I, I go to the coffee shop in the neighborhood and I'm sitting there and the showrunner for Walking Dead is there, the head of business affairs for Warner Brothers is there, and uh, the head photographer for Universal Studios was there and they were sitting all around me and I'm like doing the I'm like what, what what's going on and they're like oh now we live here we fly in for work, all of our meetings are remote. Um, so that's one and two. I'm trying to get you to stay in Austin. That that you, you feel it. Can you feel it? Because I like y'all yeah. stay here. <laughs> I think I think um, when you think of like directors that stayed in Austin, the first thing I think of is uh, Richard Lidiger, um, Boyhood, um, and the Before Sunrise, Before Sunset movies. Um, he's Link a big Austin, big Austin-based director, but. Um, I got, some, I got some friends who are showrunners and I, I have one buddy who's an Academy Award winner. Um, he, he directed, excuse me, he produced Spotlight, but um, Sugar, S23. 
And, uh, and in, in talking to them there, I'm like, what's it like? Cause it, it used to be that you would take, you'd start in the morning. If you're a writer director, you'd start in the morning and you would have, you might have meetings all over town. You'd spend four hours in your car driving all over LA. And they're like, Nope, not anymore. It's um, everybody meets by zoom. So you, yeah. you'll you get to live in LA. You're going to, you're still going to have your meetings. A lot of your meetings on zoom. Very true. Very true. I think I'm not determined to, uh, be tied down to a specific city. Wherever I get work, I get work is my conclusion. But um, yeah, I you definitely will not see me in a country. You'll see me in either Austin, LA, or New York. That is one of the three. Yeah, it fits. It it, it fits well. All right, let's 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 bring it back. Let's get it back to your 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 speedo athlete. You're a newbie uh, speedo athlete. How's that? How's that been? Uh, God bless nil. Uh, it's been really good. Um, getting to be a speedo athlete with Regan and Kieran has been really, really fun. Um, they've been my buddies since I was 16, 17 years old. So getting to do photo shoots with them and mess around with them is pretty great. I think being a speedo athlete really is all about the speedo shoot. It's the speedo shoot. It's, it's coming together, telling your coach you're working out, but are you really just doing warm up? And then you're just, you're at the, your craft services. Um, it's a good experience. So I have to ask you, do you, do you have your make waves moment? Yeah, I think a big moment for me would be my second team USA trip. So, um, it would be world champs in 2019. I feel like my first one with Pan packs, I was just the newbie. Didn't really fit in. Didn't really know my belonging in the in the groups up there um didn't really know who to hang out with wasn't particularly close with anyone and I had fun and they're all super welcoming but I didn't really feel my sense of belonging if that makes sense but by the time round two rolled around the next year at worlds it was um it was really something I got super close with Ashley and Haley that year with open water um and just all the veterans which was super exciting um and even now, just getting to text Ashley after she had her newborn boy um, and texting her about that has been absolutely crazy. And I think, you know, because of that 2019 moment where I looked up to those open water girls for so long, getting to like receive text messages about her having a baby is just like absolutely crazy. Ashley Twitchell. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yes, we got to say last night. Ashley, Ashley Twitchell is awesome. Um, during the pandemic, there was a, there was a name that came across the screen of my, of my phone. And I just, you know, I showed it to my wife and it was Mark Spitz. Do you know who Mark Spitz is? I do know who Mark Spitz is. Okay. Just got to check. Just got to, but that I felt like everything that had been accomplished in swimming had been accomplished and it was time to retire and just leave because that was, um, Olympics swim, swam talking to Mark Spitz. So we spent much of the pandemic talking about Netflix and Lots of different things. So that's a good segue into, you know, what's your show? What's your, are you a binger or do you, you watch an episode and wait? Do you, do you grind it out? What's, what's, what, how, how do you consume your entertainment? Um, I can go through content pretty fast. Um, right now I'm focused on literature. I've been on a big reading grind for the last year or so. Just trying to, for the sake of my writing, just trying to learn and read and educate myself on on structure and timing of um, scripts and just like word length. Um, I feel like it's very easy to write, you know, 
10 pages about this really raw emotional scene, but then it just is too long and you just lose audience. So I've been reading a lot more to just try to learn it in my head, but I'm usually a binger. Um, I watched, I'm watching Wild season two right now. That's my favorite TV show. I love the Wild. Love the Wilds on Amazon Prime. Absolutely love it. Talked about it all throughout the Olympic run. Ate it up. I love the Wilds. And then as soon as I'm done with the Wilds, um, I'm probably going to be binging Stranger Things season four. I'll finish that right away. I have to. Um, And my girlfriend and I are watching together. I've already seen it before, but I'm rewatching it with her is the Hulu show with Kate Blanchett, Mrs. America. Okay, I have to pick that up. Um, that that's that that's ringing a bell. But anyway, I'll, I'll I'll check it out. Did you know that Stranger Things is based on a true story? I did not research it. It's based on is a true story. Of, is it because of the Duffer Brothers and their process growing up? Um, I don't know Duffer Brothers from Durham, North Carolina. I dug into their background a little bit. No, no, this is a. This was this was a government program. It's I mean, I don't know if we broke into another dimension. I don't think that's true, but it's based on our our the government spending on research with kids who are uh, <clears throat> who are, you know, who who are experiencers and who have who have those those powers. It's it wasn't MK Ultra, but it was it was something like that. But Clinton actually built President Clinton apologize for it publicly that's pretty crazy yeah it's kind of crazy but anyway, the wilds i haven't done the next season but i have done stranger things final season and so ah win the gold medal there okay you gotta dig in i'm excited i've been seeing memes of it all over my tiktok so i'm definitely i just want to join the joke so i'll definitely hop on it pretty soon all right as we close out i'm gonna throw a hard question at you we, we know what's going on. You've got the full swim experience. You've got the Olympic hardware. You're at a great school. You're in a great town. But we know that this career is building. So we're looking now 10 years into the future. Where will Erica Sullivan be career-wise? What's, what's, what, what, if you've achieved some, some, if you're on that path to achieving your dreams, where are you going to be? What's it, what's it look like? 10 years, 31. Um, I would definitely want to be able to direct my own feature film that I've written myself by then. Um, that'd be big. Um, don't know how much funding I'd have at that point. If I could get it fully funded by A24, that'd be the dream. Um, that's just my do or die production company. Love A24. Um, would love to collaborate with them and have them be able to produce one of my one of my scripts. But yeah, if I get an if I get an A twenty four movie, we're looking at Oscar nominations. We're looking at grand advertising. We're looking at like cult following at that point. So, yeah, that would be that would be the dream. Pulling for it. I hope to see that. Thank you. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swim Podcasts on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.